Hey fans, this is Ivan from Bidpobask. Just letting you know that with recording this episode, we had a bit of an audio issue on my end, so I do apologise. But nonetheless, it should be an enjoyable episode, and thank you for your continued support. Enjoy! Bonjour, this is Stephen and... Oh, 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 my name is Ivan from Paris. And you're listening to, but I don't want to be a secondary character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much beloved show, Seinfeld. And uh, today's a good one, isn't it? Oh, it sure is, mate. And it's, we're actually, today, Stephen, we're doing the episode, which, how we got our name from. We got, yeah. got it from one of the lines, but I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah, it could be argued that it's from this this episode or the uh, episode where Jerry says, but I don't want to be a cowboy. But I think the argument is stronger for this episode because it actually has the puffy shirt, which is also our logo. Yeah, that's right. And, actually, uh, yeah, I know. It's crazy, huh? Like, you know, because you said to me before, Stephen, like you wanted to do the puffy shirt. You thought you know, a couple of weeks ago, you said it's about time we did it. And I yeah, thought, yeah, let's it, do it, it man. Like, yeah, a few weeks ago, I was looking for episodes to uh, to do. And I saw this, and I think I watched the episode. And yeah, there's some good secondary characters, and it just just made sense. It felt right. I'm yeah. not a believer in fate, but it felt like the right time. It felt <laughs> like it was meant to be. It was meant to be, and I think our Bidwabas fans are really looking forward to it. They were probably wondering when the puffy shirt was coming out, and uh, we're going to deliver finally, thank goodness. Yeah, that's it. And uh, in case you are wondering when an episode is coming out, patience uh, will serve you well because we do intend to get through every episode. But saying that, if you do uh, want us to do an episode, get in touch with us. So we're on social media uh, at Bidwabask is our handle, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. We've also got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com and a website where you can stream all of our episodes, bidwabask.com. Com. So say hello, uh, leave us feedback, leave us a review on iTunes as well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and if you're uh, listening wherever you are in the world, Australia, the US, or wherever you listen, hello, good day, hi, thanks for uh, being with us for another week. It's always great to yeah. have you. No, we appreciate it, it's still going well, and yeah. uh, we hope this one continues that trend, so uh, why don't we get into it? Let's do it, man. Season 5, Episode 2, The Puffy Shirt, and uh, before we get in, Stephen, shall we do some Seinfeld news? As usual, I think we should. Alrighty, let's do it. Okay, so this week's uh, edition of Seinfeld News, we, we're going to talk about a few different things. The oh, first yeah. one being a um, bit of a bit of a shocker when I read it, actually. A shocker, um, really? I like how? Yeah, yeah the, the subject matter is a bit controversial. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So during the week, um, Jerry had an interview. I can't recall with who or for what uh, what program, um, but in the interview, he talked a lot about his comedic influences. Um, and, you know, basically who inspired him to become a comedian. And he said to the interviewer that he still considers Bill Cosby to be one of his comedic influences and uh, that his legacy remains untainted, which I personally find a bit surprising. He probably means legacy as in, like, his comedy career and his TV show. I don't think he probably means him as a person, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, but yeah. I think when someone is accused of multiple rapes and sexual assaults it kind of taints everything that they've done it doesn't change what he's done his content is still the same yeah but it definitely casts a shadow a very big shadow and a very dark shadow over it yeah Uh, i don't know i just was surprised over his choice of words not not his taste in comedians that's his business that's fine 
it just seemed like a surprising thing to say, especially when it's still a very topical thing. Because he hasn't actually been convicted yet. I think he's going to court in November. Yeah, no, they're still... Well, I think what happened was they declared a mistrial. And um, That's right. what's happened is, yeah, they've re-adjourned for November. So uh, at That's the moment, we can, I guess we can just say they're allegations at this stage. We can't really go further than that. But uh, I guess the courts will decide in November... Uh, how it how it all goes? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, it was just just surprising considering you know how sort of sensitive and touch and go the whole whole thing is with with Bill Cosby, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, that's so, that's him, and uh, yeah, I guess you no. Know, Bill Cosby had a, a big influence on comedians in the uh, in the nineties and the eighties, and uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess his I'm, I'm guessing Jerry probably meant his work, you know, his work. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what he meant. It was just a very... It's, a, it's not the right time, you know, not really the most appropriate time considering uh, what Cosby's going through. Yeah, I just yeah. I just think, you know, personally, again, like it doesn't affect his, his actual material that he's done, but to put praise on someone who's been accused of that, yeah, mm. as you said, probably not the right time. But yeah, anyway. Fair enough. The second bit of news, last week we touched on the new uh, Netflix special, uh, Jerry Before Seinfeld, that comes out September 19. That's only a few couple of weeks away. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, two weeks tomorrow, actually. It should oh, be really two good. weeks. Wicked. Yeah, so when we recorded last week, it just been announced, along with Netflix's, uh, I guess, you know, upcoming series that were coming out. And in the last week, they've actually released the first trailer. Ah, um, yeah. Yeah, have you watched it? No, not yet. Is it on? Okay. It's on YouTube, I presume. Yeah, it's on pretty much everywhere. Uh, I think I watched it on YouTube or maybe on Netflix. Uh, and it's about a two-minute trailer. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it's got a mix of sort of footage from his youth. So you know, when he was a child, when he was growing up. Yeah. You see the neighborhood that he grew up in. It was very like you know white picket fence, middle class suburban yeah. America, very much of its time. It's it it looked like it was very sort of idyllic you know, for, for that sort of time in America. Real middle um, middle America lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it has that sort of footage intercut with, uh, like, um, parts of his stand-up from, from his early days. Yeah. Um, and also a stand-up set at the Comic Strip, which is a, an existing comedy club in New York City. So I think it's going to be a good mix of his, his early days as a child his time coming up as a comedian and then also, you know, the current set now. So, yeah, it should be really good. It's going to be like Seinfeld's origin story, you know. Basically, yeah. Seinfeld begins. That's it. What's the deal that with crime? <laughs> What's the deal with villains? What's the deal with the Joker? He's not funny. <laughs> I mean, come on. Is... So what you're saying is that Seinfeld's a hero in the DC universe? The yeah. Joker is his nemesis? Yeah, he's a hero in the NYC universe. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. that's why the Joker became a villain. Maybe he's just a failed stand-up comic. Oh, he probably is. He probably yeah. killed too many people in the crowd. He's like, oh, yeah. I think I need a career change. That's it. Yeah, instead of, instead of banter and comebacks, he just murdered people if they heckled him. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And he just evolved into, accidentally evolved into a supervillain. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> he's like he's like what Banya would become, you know. If, if Jerry yeah. pissed him off some more, Banya would become the Joker. That's true. Yeah, I could see Banya. Like, he's pretty wholesome and square, but... He does have he does have like a, an insane fleck in his eyes. Yeah, if he were a villain, he'd be called Gold Man because he always says, "That's gold, Jerry. That's gold." That's true. And he just throws yeah, gold. Yeah, probably be obsessed with gold. I guess kind of like uh, old mate from uh, Austin Powers Three. <laughs> gold member. Gold, gold member. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he have a yeah. golden penis or something? I think so. Yeah. yeah something like that. Golden cock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene actually where I think he takes down his pants or his pants are lowered, yeah. and whoever's looking at it, their face reflects and it shines this goldy 
light. <laughs> He's like King Midas. Everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah, exactly. Yikes. Yeah. So the third bit of uh, news, it's, it's pretty big. Yes, yes, it is, it is gold. That's gold, everything, yeah. everything we do is Everything to do with Seinfeld is gold, technically. It is, yes. So not literally, but figuratively, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Hollywood Reporter through the week had an article uh, about Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, and she talked mostly about Veep. Um, naturally, it touched on Seinfeld, as most interviews with anyone from such a show would, uh, you know, that would occur. Yeah. And apparently it was she was being interviewed at her son's uh, college basketball games, in which he's a regular attendee. He attends Northwestern University, and a lot of the interview actually talks, um, is her talking about how she wants less attention at the basketball games. She just wants to be, a, you know, an anonymous fan, basically. So I'm guessing she wears a trench coat and a baseball cap and uh, she tucks her hair in, you know? So she yeah, I think, nice. I think she tries to, to, to play herself down a bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it doesn't work. I mean, you know, once you're aware that she, her son goes there and that she's going to come to games, people are going to turn up wanting to meet her. But she seemed, I don't think it's something that really bothered her. It's just a, you know, a, 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 an expression of a desire. Like, I wish it was a bit more low-key for her. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah. Fame. that's fame, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah, that's the cost of fame. And it's funny you said that through the week. I watched a YouTube compilation of, like, celebrities getting angry, you know, and it's and it's mostly, like, just paparazzos yeah. just following them and harassing them, especially when they've got kids, you know. They're, of they're, they're landing, Yeah, like, they're landing on a, on a, uh, off a flight coming through the airport and you know these paps are just harassing them and asking them stupid questions yeah no good yeah and a lot of the time they snap because they're probably just tired and they're being harassed and they just you know they they don't physically assault them but they sort of like lunge at them or yeah. tell them to fuck off or whatever yeah 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 and it's just like like you said it's just the cost of fame but i still think it's wrong mm. you know you're not entitled to that person's personal life anyway uh, and that's all the Seinfeld news that there is this week. No, nice and short this week. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, let's take a quick break, Stephen, and we're going to come back and talk about Season 5, Episode 2, the episode that Stephen and I, and I'm sure you've been waiting for, our namesake, how we got our name, but I don't want to be a secondary character, and our logo, we're talking all things the puffy shirt. Stay with us. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Jared, five minutes. <laughs> now that's a great looking shirt. Hi, Captain. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I ironed it. It's perfect. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character for our sixth episode of season two of this podcast. I think the only, as far as I'm aware, Stephen, the only Seinfeld podcast in Australia, as far as I'm aware. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that is true. Yeah, unless there's any uh, that we don't know of. Yeah, um, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to quite a few Seinfeld podcasts and I've never come across any. No, so we're, uh, we're exclusive, and we don't even talk about the episodes themselves. We actually talk about the minor and secondary characters of Seinfeld. Uh, so we get an episode every week, and we dissect the characters who made the episode just that much better. Yeah, uh, that sort of takes me back to when we first talked about doing the podcast at the start of the year, where we were tossing around the idea, I think, of doing an episode-by-episode -episode analysis, but there's already two or three really good American podcasts who do that, yep. and we wouldn't be really adding anything good or new you know, maybe a slightly different perspective or talking about different jokes, but if it's just a, a breakdown of every episode, you know, what what else can you add? Exactly. Signcast, um, post-show recaps, if you're listening, hey. 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, we decided to focus on the secondary characters. Yeah, that's it. So uh, we're going to go straight into Season 5, Episode 2. One of my favourite Season 5 episodes, Stephen, The Puffy Shirt. And uh, that's how we got our name and our logo. Yeah, that's right. We were tossing around ideas. And uh, I think I just emailed you, but I don't want to be a secondary character. That's it. And we, we just tentatively said that'll do for now until we think of something better. Yeah, what were other ones the ones we came up with? Uh, I, think we I can't list. remember. I, don't, I think we had a list. Well, if we find it, we'll put it up on our Facebook and stuff. Yeah, I think it'll be in my work email archive. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I'll dig, I'll dig it out this week and we'll, um, we'll post it up. We'll post it up, yeah. Just potential names of our podcast, what else we chose. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, and if you have any ideas, get in touch with us. Yeah, exactly. Podcast at gmail.com. com is our website, and uh, we're on pretty much every social you can think of, or what the main three at least, at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, why don't you give us a synopsis of the puffy shirt? Sure thing, buddy. First aired in the US on September 23rd, 1993. This was directed by Tom Sharones and written by Larry David. And uh, in this one, Jerry and Elaine have dinner with Kramer and his new girlfriend, Leslie, played by Wendell Meldrum, who talks so quietly that no one else can hear what she says. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Kramer understands her. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I was watching the episode yesterday for my final notes... Uh, I I put headphones in and I turned them right up thinking that maybe she actually said words and they just turned down the volume in, in editing or something. Yeah, yeah. But you could hear faintly what she was saying and it's literally just, it's just mumbling. Oh, it? yeah. So, so you yeah. reckon when they were filming it, she just deliberately spoke like words. I just, yeah, I think she just went, just mumbled sounds. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. there were some words in there to make it look like her mouth was saying words, but there was nothing, nothing, nothing legible or audible in anything. Nice, nice. Hey, yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe, um, you know, if, if, if anyone who worked on the show or that episode's listening to us, maybe you can get in touch and tell us how she did it. It'd yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, because, you know, maybe, like, she was speaking and then, like, in editing, maybe they uh, they made her low talking or something. Or maybe your theory could be correct, yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But there was just no... If, if the soundtrack that's on the episode is what she said on set, yeah. not one word of the English language was actually said yeah. regardless of the volume. It's just mumble, mumbling. Yeah, it's just mumbling sounds that yeah. kind of make her mouth move so it looks like she's talking when you're watching it. Yeah. Nothing, nothing discernible as actual language. I'll take your word for it, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jerry inadvertently agrees to wear one of Leslie's new shirts that she's designed for his appearance on the Today Show. And Jerry's going on the show to promote a goodwill benefit for the homeless. The shirt is a puffy shirt, which resembles something like from a pirate outfit, I guess you'd say. Yeah, basically the Pirates of Penzance. That's what I thought of. Like, <laughs> I could imagine John English in that show. Yeah, pretty John English, yeah. Or Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. He could probably... Uh... Oh, no, he didn't yeah. really have a puffy shirt, did he? Uh, no, he was kind of like a punk pirate. Yeah. I thought the shirt looked kind of regal as well, you know, like something from, like, Victorian era, you know, maybe 1800s yeah. France or something, you know, like the Napoleon, Napoleonic yeah. ages of, of France or something, and they could have worn those with the wigs and the, the knickerbockers and all that kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, the best descriptor for a person who would wear that shirt would be, like, a dandy. Yeah, dandy, yes. A dandy. Yeah. A dandy. It's, it's, it's quite a dandy shirt. Oh, quite, yes. Quite a dandy, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Actually, sorry, yeah. for completely off topic, but sure. it's the coolest thing I've heard in a long, long time. Uh -huh. I listened to a podcast about accents, and apparently up until uh, about the late 18th century, the English, the, the general English accent sounded closer to American than modern British. Yeah, okay. 
I didn't know that. I just thought that was really interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, back to your synopsis. Yeah. No, we can talk about that a bit later if you sure. want. Or, or give me the link to the podcast. Love to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Sweet. <laughs> so Jerry sees the design of the shirt when Kramer brings it to him the next day, and Jerry repeatedly refuses to wear it on the show. Uh, George's George, meanwhile, moves back in with his parents, I think because of the foul pilot from season four. Uh, and while at a restaurant with them, George accidentally bumps into modelling agent Elsa, played by Deborah May. She declares that George's hands are beautiful and he should consider hand modelling. And uh, after his first photo shoot, one of the photography staff asks him out for a date, to his pleasant satisfaction. Jerry's mocked by the Today Show host Brian Gumbel, he plays himself. And uh, Jerry angrily exclaims that he was made to wear the shirt that he, and that he doesn't like it. Leslie aka the low talker yells at him calling jerry a bastard bastard <laughs> last week we were talking about the worst words said on seinfeld and yeah. this is probably it probably bastard or i think ass has been said yeah i think time. ass is, is said at least once once yeah the b- b- bastard some... bastard would be the worst yeah imagine if seinfeld was like a hbo show it'd be like fucking shit crap like every 10 <laughs> <Yeah>. seconds <laughs> you know and then there'd be like gratuitous violence and <laughs> gratuitous sex scenes <laughs> that would be everything in it there'd be quite a bit of sex actually they're all well jerry and uh, elaine are quite sexually active so yeah, i know yeah quite a bit of it yeah and a bit of george and susan action as well and so yeah seven. maybe yeah. Yeah. yeah i reckon i reckon there'd be there'd be blows between uh newman and seinfeld certainly a lot of blows <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, is that what you were getting at? Physical blows and yes. you know, yes. and, and sloppy blows. Yeah, that um, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think so. It. Maybe HBO uh, can do the. Remember how last week we talked about the Seinfeld revival? Maybe HBO could get could do it. Yeah, no? that would be cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, give it a bit of a you know unrestricted. Do it every getting year. get in contact with them. Yeah, like make it a make it a HBO version of Seinfeld. Nice HBO special. Be... Even a movie or a two-hour movie. Yeah, like a crossover of you know The Sopranos or Oz or something, or even The Walking Dead. You know, violent <laughs> shows with lots of swearing and nudity yeah. crossed over with Seinfeld. Nice. That'd be awesome. Yeah. No, oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't think of any creative titles. Do you have a creative uh, title? The, the Sopranfelds. The Sopranfelds. Get in touch the with Sopranfelds. us. Sopranfelds. If you... Sopranos. Yeah. Get in touch with us. If you think that there should be a show that could be mixed with Seinfeld, what would the name of the show be? I'd be curious to find out what our listeners would have to say. Maybe Seinfeld. Seinfeld, maybe. Set in New Jersey okay. instead of New York. Yeah. And then yeah. the main cafe is called Dunks, not Monks. <laughs> you know. And well, they is, hang out with Paulie. This, they have mates just, called Paulie Walnuts and Silvio. Is this just the bizarre Jerry? I think so. Territory. I think so. Anyway, I better move on with this synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after the show, George enters Jerry's dressing room and mocks the shirt. Uh, Leslie pushes George causing his lovely hand model hands to land on a hot iron on Jerry's dressing room table, thus ruining his short-lived modelling career. Leslie's shirt pre-orders are cancelled, Kramer breaks up with Leslie, Elaine is fired from the Goodwill charity, and the shirts are sent to the homeless. Yeah, it, it was it was a it was a, a an unfortunate ending for the core four, but yeah, you know it was. Some, some people some people in need got some clothing, so you know it wasn't all bad. No, it wasn't all bad, but but George had a really good short-lived uh, hand modelling career, and and judging by the look of his face when he looked at the check, he was uh, pretty impressed. Yeah, even Jerry was impressed because he hands him the check in the in the dressing room, and Jerry, you know, at this stage in his career, would be getting paid pretty well. Yeah, um, and even he does like a hmm. 
How much do you reckon it was? I reckon it probably would have been what a thousand bucks, maybe, maybe yeah, five hundred like, bucks, I was, maybe five hundred bucks. Like two, I thought maybe two or three grand. Oh wow, that much? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Sure. George would just need I, to do I, like. I, I'm not up with the the latest hand modelling fees, so. And I'm, I'm not familiar with like '90s inflation and currency no, conversion no. and that sort of thing. So. No, I'm sure yeah. we could work it out. You know, like get in touch with a hand modelling agent, say what was the average price for a job in the '90s, and then work it out. But. Yeah, I've got better things to do. Or maybe whoever's listening to this now is a hand modeling agent. Maybe they can get in touch with us. <laughs> or, yeah, or just a model or just a model or a modeling agent in general. Yeah, get in that's touch true. with us. Yeah. 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 If you if you know anyone or if you are one, yeah, get in touch. Get in touch for sure, please. So that's how, oh yeah. How Jerry kind of just undoes the whole like the, the destruction that the shirt causes when he sees the shirt on one of the homeless people. Yeah, he it goes, doesn't look so bad. It's not a bad-looking shirt. It's not a bad-looking shirt, yeah. It kind, of just, it kind of just completely, like, undoes yeah. everything. Yeah. Like, all the, all the damage that this shirt has done. <laughs> Pretty much, I know, and he just he just laughs it off. That's typical yeah, Jerry, like, you know? Right. Everything just turns into his favour. Yeah, I guess it's, it's that classic Jerry of things just working out, like it all goes wrong. And then he goes, oh, it's not so bad. I love, I love how the homeless guy says, would you have any spare change for an old buccaneer? Yeah. He gives him like a quarter as well. Like yeah, I know. Much. Cheap. He gives him one coin. Yeah, cheap. Yeah. Anyway. Well, do you want to take a bit of a break and then we'll uh, get into some secondary characters? Well, before we do, Stephen, I just want to mention the other secondary characters in this episode. So other secondaries okay. include uh, our, one of our favourites, Frank and Estelle Costanza. And it was actually yep. Jerry Stiller's first appearance on the show. Really? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, so he would turn up, or he would play Frank Costanza for the rest of the show. It's actually, sorry, his first network appearance. And uh, okay. apparently later for continuity's sake, uh, for syndication, I, I've now, I haven't seen this version of it, but Jerry Stiller actually reshot the scenes featuring his character in the previous season four episode, The Handicap Spot. Oh, Because okay. you know how the old George, yeah. you know, was in it? Apparently he, he redid the scenes, but I've never seen them. I've no always way. seen the old George. I, can't I mean, the old, the old, the old Frank, rather, the old Frank. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen that episode in a long time, so I can't recall either one, but uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. You could probably find both scenes on YouTube or something. Yeah, it'll be somewhere, or maybe on like a deleted comp, like maybe a deleted scene on the DVD or something. It's probably there. Yeah. 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 Somewhere. Yeah. Also, other characters included the client, who explains about uh, Ray McKinley, the uh, previous hand model who loved his hands yep. too much. That was played by David Brisbane. Br- Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, Bris- Kim, yeah. Kim, Brisbane, yeah. Where are we from? Uh, Kim Gillingham as the assistant. And I think, because I saw on IMDb Kim Gillingham, I think she was George's love interest. I think that was, she was credited as assistant. So I think that was her. The, the, the blonde yeah. lady who asked George out on the date. Yeah, that's Elsa. No, no, Elsa's the model, the hand model agent. She's the one I who George... Different... No, they're different characters, yeah. The, the, oh, the, the agent the agent was, was played by Deborah May. She was the older woman. And then the lady, she was like the assistant to the photographer. And I think that's George's... I think that was the lady who wanted to date George when he gets his... The same no, they're different. Different people. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you're going to have notes on, on both on her, weren't you? You're going to say, Elsa, as well as a hand model agent, she's also the assistant to a photographer. Yeah, I've kind say? of blended them into one character. I'll have to separate them. Uh, You'll have to now. You have to do some before we get to the break. You're gonna have to do something there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Michael Mitz, he played the photographer. So uh, yep. yeah, a few people there. A couple of quick trivia uh, trivia things. Uh, the puffy shirt itself is now part of the collection of the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Yeah, it's in the uh, Division of Culture and Arts. Yes, and mm. it is. And this episode marks the utterance of "But I don't want to be a pirate." And uh, you know, have we got "But I don't want to be a secondary character"? That's it. Classic. So, yes. Classic very line. 
Yes, and Stephen, you were mentioning before when he says, "I don't want to be a cowboy." Yeah, it was actually yeah. the the phrase was actually later modified in several subsequent episodes. So, I don't want to be a cowboy in the mum and pop store. Uh, I don't want to be Switzerland in the label maker, yeah. and I don't want to be a thirty-two, as in pants size, in the sponge. Yeah. But I, I forgot about those. Thirty-two, last but I don't want to be Switzerland. But I don't want to be a cowboy. Yeah, I think my favourite is, but I don't want to be a cowboy. My favourite's, but I don't want to be a secondary character, and that's what this show yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Not biased at all. No, not at all. No, we, we were allowed to be. It's our own show, our own platform. We can do what we want. That's true. Yeah. Do whatever I want. Fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Come on, man. But please subscribe. Yeah. That'd be great. When we come back, we're going to talk about the secondary characters from The Puffy Shirt. And you're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. I've seen hands like these before. They're so soft and milky white. You know whose hands they remind me of? Ray McKigney. Oh, Ray. He was it. Who, who was he? The most exquisite hands you've ever seen. Oh, he had it all. What happened to him? <clears throat> Tragic story, I'm afraid. He could have had any woman in the world, but none could match the beauty of his own hands. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much-beloved show, Seinfeld. And so far, we've gone through a bit of Seinfeld news and uh, gone through a bit of a synopsis of today's episode, which is the Puffy Shirt. The and, Puffy uh, Shirt. Our namesake. Our namesake and the one that we uh, couldn't wait to do. We th- I thought, Stephen, we'd be doing it maybe later on, you know, because we're aiming to do all 180 episodes of Seinfeld and uh, we're up to number 24, episode 24, I should say. Uh, so yeah. I thought this would probably be later on, but you thought... Well, now let's do it early. And I said, all right, sounds good. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to get back to season five as well. We haven't been there in a little while, so. Yeah, I know. We were at season two for a couple of weeks, and then season four, and then we went to season eight. Season eight. And, yeah. Yeah. Everywhere, man. Yeah. So, you know, smack bang in the middle. So I think we should probably start talking about some secondary characters. We sure should. And um, who are we talking about first? I think we should talk about Leslie, the um, main secondary character of the episode, and uh, George's... Uh, sorry, Kramer's episode girlfriend. What That's am I talking right. about? Yeah, I know Kramer. I know you don't get too many Kramer uh, girlfriends in this one, do you? In, in uh, you get a lot of Kramer flings, but not girlfriends. Not girlfriends, no. And she's also yeah. known as the low talker. She's one of yeah. the many talkers on the show. That's it. The low one talker. One thing I noticed about the episode as well, every time I think of Kramer's girlfriends, he usually meets them in the episode as part of the storyline. But this is established straight away. Yes. You don't see them meet. She's or she's already his girlfriend when the episode starts, which is not a common thing with Kramer. Yeah, and it's funny because Jerry's already met her because Jerry tells Elaine that she's one of those low talkers. You can't hear a yeah. word she says, so she's already he's already met her, which is very interesting. Yeah, a lot of the time the episodes are about the meeting of 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 the of the women or the men in Elaine's case, um, but this is all pre-established and it just sort of hits the ground running, which is not not. Not unique, but certainly not common. No, it's very interesting. So she's yeah. play, she's played by Wendell Meldrum, and she's known for the TV show Less Than Kind, and she was in the film Blast from the Past from 1999. Yeah, she's a Canadian actress, and she was also on The Wonder Years as well. Oh, The Wonder Years. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big show. You, you didn't see The Wonder Years or that credit? That Both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You don't remember the Wonder Years? No, I think I was a bit young. Okay, that was a seminal TV show. Yeah, it was. So I heard. Good times. 
Good times. Good times. Those are the days. Yeah. So the big question is, and, you know, I'm interested to know what you think. Why do you think she talks so low? Why is she so bad at speaking at a normal volume? Well, funny you mention that, Stephen. I actually did a bit of research about speech disorders or voice disorders, and I tried finding some to do with low talking. Like, is there a condition where someone's a low talker? But typically for low talking, it's usually associated, from what I've read, with, say, laryngitis. You know, you lose your voice. Uh, Apparently, it's a, a, a result of Parkinson's. Parkinson's disease as well, like people's voices, oh, uh, they get quieter and, you know, they're not able to, you know, their voices aren't as loud. So they, that happens when you have Parkinson's. Um, okay. Also, uh, major introversion as well, you know, very shy, you know, yeah. you know you don't, you're not too confident to speak out loud. She, um, didn't, she didn't seem like an introvert. She was quite interactive and smiley and, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I was just saying like real world situations, like yeah, why yeah, someone yeah, would have yeah. a low voice. But typically it's to yeah. do with like a, a disorder in the throat or, or the speech, you know, you need speech therapy to overcome it but i think okay. i think it's one of those ones where you know I, I think it's very unrealistic for someone like that to speak so low even if you're an introvert or even if you you've got a soft voice i i don't really i can't really explain why her voice is so low yeah i mean i've been in situations where i can't speak due to illness or whatever but you know you you don't pretend that you're talking at a normal volume when you're in a social situation she just sort of it's almost like she's unaware of it yeah i think with her because she's a fashion designer and usually the the creative types are typically introverts my 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 percent or my feeling might be that maybe leslie is an introvert typically you know Mm. but maybe you know she's not so introverted that she can't talk to other people and i think because she already or maybe because she already met jerry previously maybe she's Mm. one of those people where if you meet her for the first time she doesn't talk to you much but if you've met her like a couple of times then she'll kind of know oh that's that's jerry you know i know who he is you know and okay then she'll it just talk takes a little while to walk possibly to and possibly because elaine was there and she assured knew jerry he probably should probably yeah. thought oh, I'll, yeah. I'll talk to jerry you know i'll speak to him normally and i'm sure elaine's all right so that's my understanding like that's yeah, that's, that's the that's, way i got it but i don't i don't i don't have a credible reason as to why her voice is so low i, I, I don't really have anything to be honest yeah okay yeah. so maybe, what do you think man well I kind of, you know, at first I thought it was some sort of medical condition, but as soon as Jerry sort of, you know, betrays her, if you like, on on TV, her voice just goes to a normal volume. So it's like she's cured. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's more of a a social or a a psychological, you know, uh, um, not impairment, but something withholding her ability to speak initially. But she kind of overcomes that once rage takes over, once she's fucked over by Cherry on TV. (laughs) Pretty much, because you have to remember as well, she had pre-orders for the puffy shirt, and she was ready to distribute them, you know, after Jerry's interview. So Jerry basically fucked up the interview. That basically fucked up her her line of clothing. That that screwed up her reputation, her her everything. Yeah, well, Cream says that she's ruined. Yeah, she's ruined. She's ruined. And everything everything implodes in, like, five seconds. So, you know, obviously, if if you realise you're done, you know, your career's finished, you're going to yell bastard. You know, you're going to yell. You're going to get really angry. Think If you know you've gone, you know, she knew she she knew in that second Jerry screwed up. So, you know, yeah. that's when the dragon was unleashed, you know? Yeah, I guess, I guess yelling bastard is probably a, um, a, a pretty tame reaction to what some people would have. Yeah. And I love, I love how the host, I love how Brian Gumbel says, did you hear that? And Jerry goes, that I heard. That I heard. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't bothered by the fact that he's just ruined his uh, friend's girlfriend's business. And he was called but, a bastard on you know, live television. Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, yep, no, I heard it. Yep, yeah, cool. Yeah. She can speak. He was almost like relieved that no, no, she can speak at a normal volume. Yeah, she can. That yeah, given given the right amount of pressure. And then she grills her in the dressing room as well. She goes, "You've you've ruined me." 
Yeah, she's not happy. Yeah, she's not happy. Yeah, you know, I'd be I'd be pretty pissed off as well. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed as well is that when uh, when they're sitting dinner, when she's uh, initially introduced in the in the restaurant scene, she gives Kramer's uh, gives Kramer a lot of looks of uh, I guess of admiration. So yeah. I think she's really really you know assuming that say they've been dating for a couple of weeks or you know a short amount of time. I reckon she's really fallen for Kramer. You know, the Kavorka. He's got the Kavorka. He has the Kavorka. He sure does. I guess that kind of comes back around to her being an introvert. Maybe Kramer, because he's the opposite of an introvert. He's just... He's the ultimate extrovert. Like oh, yeah. He's the talk to everyone and interact with everyone. Maybe he's brought her out of her shell a bit. And, you know, that's part of her admiration for him. Because, yeah. you know, he's he's pushed her boundaries a bit. And she's really happy about it because she's never met anyone able to do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And it's funny because Kramer understands what Leslie's saying, which I find really interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that's just, um, you know, attunement, just becoming used to, uh, you know, like when you're... I don't know, when you live next to a main road, initially it's a bit it's a bit disturbing, but eventually it just becomes background noise. Maybe eventually you just adjust to her low talking. Yeah, because I'm sure yeah. I'm, I'm sure initially it would have been hard for him. Yeah, because we're really adaptable creatures, us humans, and uh, I'm sure Kramer, you're right. I'm sure Kramer got used to it and she, he understands what she says. That's it. Yeah. I love um I love Elaine and Jerry pretending to, to know what she's saying when they're like Yep. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's and that's sure. when she and that's when she asked Jerry to wear the shirt, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah." That's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. But we've all done that before. You know how someone says something, you know, the first time, yeah. and then you're like, "What was that?" And they say it a second time, and you don't quite get it, and you're like, "What?" So they say it again, like the second time, and then they say it again, you don't get it, and you kind of you don't want to be feel like an idiot and say, "Oh, what was that again?" For the third time, you know, some people just go, yeah. "Oh, yeah, 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 cool." Yeah. You probably said you're yeah. an asshole. What? You're an asshole. Uh, can you say, that, say that again? You're an asshole. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. We've all it done reminds that. me of the Simpsons when um when uh, Mo steals Homer's drink, the Flaming Mo's episode. Yeah. And the bar's really busy, and Homer's in the bar, and he's like, "Mo, I need to talk to you." You know about him stealing his drink, and he can't he can't hear what he's saying over the crowd. And eventually, Homer's yelling over the crowd at the top of his voice, and then Mo just goes. Yeah, you can use it. He completely <laughs> mishears what he says. He mishears what he says, yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you yeah. Can use it. Did you have anything else about Leslie? No, I think that was about it, really. I mean, obviously, she's a fashion designer. I, I I, said before, she's probably typically an introvert, but she does have, you know, qualities of being an extrovert as well when needed, you know, or maybe she's an extrovert to people she knows really well or she's met a, a few times. Um, yep. And, yeah, obviously, Jerry ruins her and she doesn't want a bar of it and she gets angry and inadvertently ruins George's hand modeling career after yeah, one gig and breaks up breaks up with Kramer as well breaks up and with I Kramer. think that's I think that's fair enough I think if these are your friends yeah. I don't want anything to do with you exactly no I do the same thing yeah yeah sure <laughs> cool the that only was... other note that I had is mm. yeah she's a fashion designer but I think she specializes in very esoteric fashion for men you know okay yeah yeah just generally not just the puffy shirt but I think that's her that's her angle. Yeah. Do you reckon the yeah. puffy shirt would have been a big success had Jerry just gone through with it? No. No. Would have been a fad, nineties fad for like six months. Not even a fad. Not even a fad. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think many people, if any, would have taken it up. But at least maybe, the homeless people. Maybe like hyper fashionable, fashionable people, or someone wearing it ironically as a joke. Yeah. But as just as a normal part of clothing, even for a short amount of time. No, definitely not. <laughs> I love. Jerry, I do agree with Jerry's point. He didn't handle it well. No. But I agree with him in the fact that he he felt ridiculous and he looked ridiculous. And he was being mocked. He was being mocked on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once he gets yeah. Upset. I agree with I agree with how he felt. 
just not how he handled his feelings. I love when Elaine's talking to him in the dressing room, just before we get to Elsa, the next secondary. Yeah. I love when Elaine's, you know, seeing that Jerry's wearing the puffy shirt, and Elaine goes, this is a benefit to clothe homeless people. You look <laughs> like you're going to swing in on a chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> that's such so a... I love... That's a great... That's perfect yeah. delivery by Julie Louis-Dreyfus. That's perfect delivery yeah. of the line. Just, she just yeah, delivers no, it does, so well. Yeah. yeah. No, he does look like one of the... Like the three musketeers or something. The musketeers, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. It's good. Yeah, he's kind of got one of those... You know, those really thin swords? Yeah. With the big, like... The big uh, the hand guard. Yeah, yeah, that's it. On guard. Yeah, yeah exactly. D'Artagnan. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> like, slaps, to... Him, slaps him with a glove or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that's all I had about Leslie. So we should probably talk about Elsa. That's right. So Elsa was played by actress and director Deborah May, and she's known for The Kid and Nurse Betty. Uh, she's also appeared in 10 episodes of The Larry Sanders Show. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I had her uh, appearing in quite a few uh, television shows, a lot of 80s classic, actually, The Gold. Golden Girls, oh, uh, yes. Remy Steele, yes. uh, Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. um, yep. yeah, Murder One as well. So yeah, yep. quite a prolific actress. Yeah, very prolific actress. Yeah, no, she she does all right. I, I've always wanted to watch the Larry Sanders show. I hear it's uh, pretty amazing. Okay, isn't it a skit show? Uh, it was like was? a comedy. It was like, it was a HBO comedy from like the nineties. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. Yeah, uh, apparently won a lot of Emmys and all that sort of stuff. Okay. He was nominated heaps, and yeah, no, I've always wanted to watch it. Apparently, it's pretty I'll good. Check it out and follow up with us next week. Oh, for sure, I will. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll find yeah. it and watch it. Yeah. So obviously, Elsa. I, I first thing I had for her is that she's always on the hand hustle. She's always on the. I reckon you know, being out and about in New York, she would see a lot of different people of a lot of different backgrounds and hand shapes and yeah. genders. And just. Yeah. You know, every sort of person under the sun, and she'd be 24-7 on, I called it the hand hustle, where she's just always checking out people's hands, looking for, um, you know, the next big hand thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah. she knows. Yeah, she knows. She knows all the hands, the big hands, the small hands. She does. She, she yeah. knows the knuckle, the knuckle proportions, and the the hair to skin ratios, and all that sort of stuff. She knows yeah. it all. She knows. She she knows the perfect hand when she sees one. Yeah, coloring everything. Do you think she was a hand modeling agent from the like originally, or do you think perhaps mm. she was a, a typical like a normal model agent, and then she got into hand modeling because she found it more of a lucrative kind of business? Yeah, I reckon she would have started out being an agent for. Just just models, you know, just typical fashion modeling, maybe, or yeah. even hair modeling. Yeah. But then, you know, over time, maybe it was a bit of a, a an untapped, or uh, sorry, not an untapped market, but like an underrepresented market. Like yeah. being an agent for hand models, there might not have been many around. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, she kind of got in on that and she's probably made. I noticed her clothes look quite, quite expensive. So I reckon yeah. she does very well for herself. She runs her own agency. Of course. Yeah, she, in a way, in a really sort of small way, she kind of reminded me of Samantha from Sex and the City. Ah, oh, yes. You know, like she's she's at the top of her game, which I think is like event planning. Um, yeah, she's just a kick-ass person. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and she got in early and worked hard. And, uh, yeah, she's she's on the 24-7 hand hustle. Yeah, of and course. And it's paid off because she's super successful. Yeah, and then she sees George and his, uh, his potential and... Uh... He was going to become the next uh, Ray McKidley, which I'm sure you have notes on Ray McKidley. No, I don't, actually. <gasps> you don't? Know? Also, I thought you were going to talk about him, the uh, no. the unseen character for the episode. No, I didn't dive as deep this episode as the oh, last few. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I was going to talk about him, but we'll see how we go. Yeah. Yeah, see. We can still, we can still make up some bullshit. We can make up some bullshit about him, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the best hand model since George. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, I mean, his story is kind of like detailed. What more do you need? He, you know, he jerked off too much, and he couldn't use, he couldn't be a handball anymore. Like, and how awesome! Other than that, what else yeah. is there to know? Well, how awesome are the references? 
references to the contest. Yeah. Know, the season four episode yeah. is like, yeah. he wasn't master of his domain. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, unless, George, you, let's hope you have more self-control. And then George yeah. goes, don't worry. And he points and he goes, I want a contest. Yeah. And the, the client's the like, uh, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the look on the client's face is like, oh, okay. 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 sort of like, you know, mildly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't know what he's referring to, but he's, he's still impressed. But he said he wasn't master of his domain. That's, That's another it. contest yeah. reference. I love the references. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so good. Um, did you have anything uh, else on Elsa? No, that was about it for me. What other yeah. characters do you have? Uh, well, I've got the client who we were just talking about. Oh, yeah, played by David Brisbane. Yeah. Yep, and the photographer. Oh, yeah, cool. Let's start with the client. Yeah, so the client was played by uh, actor David Brisbane, who was born in 1952. Yep. And he's an American actor, and he's most well-known for playing Mr. Ernst on the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude. Oh, Hey uh, Dude, not Hey Arnold. That's another nope. Nickelodeon show. Must, okay. have been, must have been the spin-off Hey Dude. Yep. And not, not Hey Dad either. So. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill Cosby, Hey Dad, it's all happening uh, now. <laughs> just, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. And he was also known for playing a, uh, a newscaster on a show, on, uh, on, well, in Forrest Gump. So, oh right, um, cool. Yeah, and apparently he was a he was a quite a common uh, actor on ER as well. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that was a high rating show too. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Kind of like Elsa, I reckon he's really successful. His suit that he was wearing, I don't know a lot about suits, but I know an expensive suit when I see one. Oh yes. And uh, yeah, it was quite pricey. And indeed. he, I think he had his tie in a double Windsor, oh. which you know is usually a sign of like I guess money or class if you like. Yeah. So I reckon I reckon he's quite you know, at the top of his game, whatever that is. I'm, I'm guessing watches because he's modeling a watch. Yeah, because George is wearing a watch, yeah. Yeah, so he's either, I'm guessing he works for a watch company or owns a watch company, yep. or maybe a jeweler. Maybe, like, some of that, yeah. You know, yeah, or even maybe like a catalog company that sells, like a Sears catalog company that just sells all sorts of things. Yeah, and, and George just happens yeah. to be one of the hand models in the catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. So I reckon he's the owner or at least top executive in whatever that company is. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Right. Did you have anything on the client? No, nothing on the client. No, he, he didn't have enough for me to really go on, really. But yeah. he obviously had an admiration for Ray McKidley. Yeah, so I was going to say, he really likes hands. Mm. Uh, yeah, he wasn't, just, he wasn't just someone who saw hand modeling as you know, a thing to display the products he was selling. He had a he had a he had a high admiration for the art form. For the art form, yes. Especially yeah. because obviously he had to distribute all those catalogues and uh, and everything. So he knows a good hand too when he sees one, like Elsa. Yep. That's <laughs> it. I wonder if I wonder if that like crosses over to like a hand fetish, you know, like people mm. people have feet worship. Maybe maybe hand know. worship? Yeah, I guess so. Who knows? What's isn't it one of the rules of the internet if it exists this porn of it? Yeah, I think that's rule thirty two. I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, I haven't checked up on the internet rules in a while. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I had about the client. Okay. Um, I had a couple of things about the photographer. Did you have anything? No, well, all I, all I know is he's played by Michael Mitz. Okay, I didn't get the actor's name. Um, I decided that he's a proto-hipster. Oh, proto-hipster. Like Kramer, hipster doofus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. mostly because the fact he's a photographer. He's okay. working in New York. And just some of his mannerisms and even the clothes he was wearing, definitely sort of like signs of modern day hipsterism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I reckon it's pretty hard working. Pretty hard working. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, he knows yeah. that he knows how to take a good shot and uh, he does it well with, uh, with George's hands. Yeah. Cause they talk a bit about, um, about Ray, but then he gets straight to work. I think he says like, let's get to it or let's do it or something like that. Yeah. 
reckon he's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's all business. And obviously he and the assistant, they're very haunted by Ray's story, you know, because George says, who's Ray? Who's Ray yeah. McKidley? And then, and then both the photographer and the assistant kind of walk off. They're like, oh. And then yeah, the client has to, the client has to tell the story. Yeah, they look away and fall silent. Obviously yeah. it's a, a heartbreaking fall from grace for everyone involved. Indeed, yeah, the poor guy, like you said, yeah. jerked off too much and contracted, <laughs> I guess, arthritis. <laughs> I guess you'd say. Yeah. And, that's, and that's you know, that makes me think, you know, you want to talk a bit about Ray. Yeah, a little bit, not too much, yeah. Yeah, the fact that they were so sort of devastated, obviously, by his uh, his yeah fall from grace. Not just, I reckon he was not just a, a brilliant hand model, but also, like, maybe he was just a really awesome dude as well. Yeah, I think he was a brilliant person, he very well loved. Their he was their friends, yeah, very well loved in the industry. Yeah, so not just for being at the top of his game, but also just for being an awesome dude. Yeah, I think so too. I think mm. he was very well admired, and unfortunately, there was no woman that could please him, but just his hands. <laughs> That's it. And then, how good yeah. is it? How good is it when, like, you hear the audience, like, they figure it out when he says it was his hands, and the audience are like, ah! Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, good it's good good reaction, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. He was the best he ever had. Yeah, and he had plenty of hand jobs. I mean, hand appointments. <laughs> hand modeling. Yeah, jobs. Science. Hand modeling jobs. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Do you have anything else about any of the other uh, secondary characters? No, that's about it for me. Yeah, Leslie, the low talker, Elsa, uh, the client, Ray, and the photographer. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had, buddy. I think it's going to be a shorter episode. Indeed. Um, there is one other point, actually, that I've got. Uh, yeah. It's a trivia point. The uh, And this, this means a lot to me, being a massive Frasier fan. Ah. So the exact same puffy shirt was actually used in an episode of Frasier. No way. Um, I believe it's a season four or five episode. It's called A Midwinter Night's Dream. And <laughs> Uh, Niles, Frazier's brother. Yeah. Um, he he dresses up in it oh. uh, in the episode. The same yeah. shirt. Yeah. Well, it it looks exactly the same, and Fabulous. there are tons of rumors that it was the exact same prop. Fabulous. Because they were both Kramer and uh, Kramer Frazier. <laughs> Imagine Kramer like having his own sitcom. Yeah. No, um, the spin you know, Being like a well-to-do psychiatrist in Seattle. Um, <laughs> like his his own like psychiatry call-in show. Yeah. Um, and, and his name's yeah. Dr. Van Nostrum. Doctor, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And no one calls in, so he just has to pretend to be a uh, penny packer and call yeah, in. Yeah, H.E. Penny Packer. Yeah, that's it. That's from, it. From last week, yeah. Anyway, so, so he was on Frasier the shirt. Yeah, so, oh, and there are a lot of rumors that it's the exact same prop because both shows were produced by uh, NBC. Okay, sure. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. swapping yeah makes perfect That's sense it. yeah so a bit of, maybe a bit of cost saving there yeah probably ah cool yeah. excellent yeah cool. so why don't we take another short break and then we'll uh, go through our normal list our normal list yes our top 10 secondary characters reviewed so far have any from the puffy shirt made it you'll find out and uh, where the puffy shirt sits in our top episodes that we've reviewed so far sounds good can't wait me to wear this ridiculous shirt on national TV and I said yes. Yes, yes, you said it. But uh, I didn't know what she was talking about. I couldn't hear her. Well, she asked you. I can't wear this puppy shirt on TV. I mean, look at it. It looks ridiculous. Well, you gotta wear it now. All those stores are stocking it based on the condition that you're gonna wear this on the TV show. The factory in New Jersey is already making them. They're making these? Yes, yes. This 
pirate trend that she's come up with, Jerry. This this is going to be the new look for the 90s. You're going to be the first pirate. But I don't want to be a pirate. And you're back this week, and we're talking about what well, we were talking about, I should say, the secondary characters from Season 5, Episode 2, The Puffy Shirt. And uh, we get random episodes every week, so we don't go in a chronological order like some podcasts. We uh, grab random ones. Some of them are our decision. Some of them are requests from listeners. And, uh, yeah, we love doing it. We thought The Puffy Shirt was a good time. Well, it was a good time to do The Puffy Shirt, Stephen. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's our namesake, and it's a great episode, so it, why not? It sure is. Now, Stephen, our top ten secondary characters. Have any of The Puffy Shirt characters entered your top ten? I thought about this for a little while, and yeah. no, they haven't. No, so, me either. Same as last week. Um, I won't go through them. Um, number 10 is Tabachnik, the uh, Russian uh, cable guy from The Baby Shower, which yeah. was our 21st episode. That's it. And number one is uh, Lane's dad, Elton Bennis, yep. from uh, our 10th episode, What to Do with the Seinfeld Parents. Nice one. Well, for me, no, no puffy shirt characters made it in, but I did mention in The Baby Shower a couple of weeks ago my top 10, and it hasn't been changed. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, if you, I think in the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes of that episode, you'll uh, you'll hear our top, well, my top 10 secondaries. Yep. But my number 10 is Helena from The Trip, parts one and two, and my number one is Frank Costanza. Okay. Yeah. And uh, where does this episode sit in your uh, episodes reviewed so far? Now, Stephen, you were very stunned about this when I told you, but mm. I think this episode is look. I think it's very underrated. This episode. I think it's a fantastic okay. episode. I think it's very well written. And I said to you before we started recording, every time I see George, George's hands go on that hot iron, I just die with laughter. This is reaction. Mm. And I love how there's like the shots outside of people like looking up at the buildings, like what the hell, and then all the birds fly away, and then George. Just yep. scream just reverberates through the whole of the city block. It just kills me. You know, it's fantastic. Out of the 20 episodes that we've reviewed so far, not including the What's the Deal Wits, which is going to be next week, or What's the Deal With episode, the puffy shirt for me, number two. Wow. Number two. So my top ten at the moment are The Apartment from Season 2, number nine's The Library from Season 3, number eight's The Smelly Car, seven's The Jimmy, six is The Pony Remark, five, The Hamptons, four, The Bizarro Jerry, three, The Soup Nazi, two, The Puffy Shirt, and number one, The Outing. Wow. The Puffy Shirt is number two. You've got you've got two classic episodes as two and one. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. What was your number three again? My number three is The Soup Nazi, bumped from number okay. two. Top, top three? Three classic episodes. Three classics, and they're they're my three favourites so far. But you never know, because the, these these top uh, these charts change can change every week, um, yep. and they're ever changing. So you know, Stephen obviously his top ten is a lot different to mine, and uh, but it's good. You know, we can't have the same top ten. That'd be boring. That's it. So my top ten, speaking of, are the old man. And then number nine is the library. Number eight is the millennium. Number seven is the smelly car. Number six is the outing. Number five is the subway. Number four is the apartment. Number three is the pony remark. Yes. Two is the baby shower. And number one is the stakeout. So uh, the puffy shirt didn't enter my top ten. Okay, yep. It uh, landed a lot lower than yours at number 15. 15 out of 20. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Still all right. Cool. Yeah, so it wasn't... uh, Was it one of those things where there was better episodes and this one... I think think it's because... I just wasn't super impressed with the secondary characters. Ah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the the, the episode itself was great. Yeah. Lots of jokes in it. And it's, yeah. it's obviously considered a classic episode. Of course. Um, but I just wasn't, you know, because we concentrate on the secondary characters, they're my focal point when it comes to rating these episodes. Ah, your top ten, got you. No, for me, it's just overall. Like, I don't, I don't consider <laughs> okay. secondaries. But... Yeah, I mean, that comes into play, but yeah. the secondary characters are a big part of that. Of course, um, yeah. I just didn't really care too much. I mean, Leslie was, you know, kind of fun in a way. Yeah. Like, as a character, but yeah. 
Nah, same for me. Like, Leslie, none of the others were nowhere near consideration for my top ten. Yeah, I mean, compared to last week where all the characters were awesome and all the storylines were awesome. Yeah, and Mrs. Hamilton nearly made my top ten. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just wasn't, didn't really have much of an impact. But yeah, still a good episode. Very good episode indeed. And next week, Stephen, it's our 25th episode overall, and it's our, what's, our fifth ever What's the Deal With episode. Yeah, um, before we talked about that, I realised that we haven't uh, talked about our seven degrees of separation for a little while. We probably should mention that. I was going to say, we forgot to do that last week. I I was thinking after we were recording, I was like, there's one thing we forgot to do. Oh, shit, our campaign. Yes, so what we're doing is we're we're trawling the world, or rather we're searching around the world for anyone named Seven or Soda. If your name is Seven or Soda, or if you know someone by the name of Seven or Soda, please get in touch with us at Bidwabask on socials, Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can drop us a message on our website, bidwabask.com, and let us know. We've, we have a few suggestions or a few answers so far, or a few people getting in touch. We want we want more. We want as many as we can. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. So we'll be continuing this for a little while longer. We're not sure of an exact time yet. We will. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we'll we'll just reassess that every week, and yeah, hopefully we get some more people uh, sending us them through. Yeah, see how we go. Yeah, and uh, normally every week I uh, talk about Seinfeldisms that happen through the week, so just Seinfeld-related things that happen in my day-to-day life uh, each week. But last the this last week, nothing happened. No. Nothing happened that I would consider worthy of listing. Really so. strange, Stephen. Considering your whole life is Seinfeld, that's crazy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I think I was I was homesick. I came back from overseas yeah. and uh, was a bit jet lagged, and I was off sick for nearly a week. So that probably had a had a had a had a um a role to play. Oh, I should have got you a big. I should have sent you a big salad or a jambalaya or something. Then you would have yeah. had something to yes. talk about. Like I said, it's got to be organic. Oh yeah, that's true. Yes, <laughs> indeed, yeah. and yeah. vegan too. That's it. That's it. So that's it for another week of uh, But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. So thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Heath. It's awesome when you when you listen. And if you haven't subscribed already, we're on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of. So just search Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, or just type Seinfeld and uh, you'll find us on the list. Yeah, I actually did a bit of a, a test of all the podcasting platforms I could I could uh, I, I knew about and all the ones that I could find, and we turned up on all of them. So Guarantee wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be awesome. And, yeah, uh, yeah like Ivan said, if you want to get in touch, social media is Bidwabask. Uh, email is bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com and our site's bidwabask.com. So thanks again for listening. Thank you so much. And, and, uh, yeah. I was going to say, Stephen, next week, uh, what's the deal with Sue Ellen Mishki? That's right. That's right. No, that's okay. Sue Ellen Mishki, we're going to do... She's been in three episodes of... Or four episodes of Seinfeld. And she was played by Brenda Strong, an actress. Or the actress Brenda Strong. So uh, we'll talk about a bit about Brenda's career. And uh, we'll talk about Sue Ellen Mishki and dissect it. Dissect her character. Yep, the braless wonder. The braless wonder, if the bra fits... That's it. And uh, you know what I've just realised? What's that? That we're going to have to watch the finale. The finale? The final ever episode of the the show. Why do you say that? Because she's in it. Oh, she's in it, yes. Yes, of course. Well, a lot of them are in it. It's like the Seinfeld secondary all-stars. That's true. That's true, actually. It's like an all-star game. Yeah. But I reckon when we do the finale, we won't do, like, the secondary characters in other episodes because there are some secondaries who are only in the finale, part one and two. So we just focus on them, I suppose. Yeah. 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 We'll figure that out in a year or two years. Whenever. Whenever. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird to not do the finale as our last ever episode. Oh, I reckon we could just throw it in somewhere. Just do it whenever. That's true. That doesn't matter. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Yeah. uh, Catch you all next week. Catch you next week. Bye.